Welcome to Mommy Heal Thyself. We feature guests who provide you with the tools, resources, and strategies you need to say no to a life of pain and suffering from all forms of preventable disease, toxic drugs, and unnecessary surgeries. We hope to inspire you to boldly reclaim your ability to heal and to serve the ones you love. Welcome, welcome, my beautiful, sweet sisters. Today, I have a phenomenal, wonderful woman to be with us here today. Her name is Christine Gavin, Garvin, sorry, and she is a functional nutritionist based in Asheville, North Carolina. So all you ladies on the East Coast, hey, <laughs> she weaves together her personal health story, including fibroid surgery that nearly killed her. And we're going to get her to share a little bit of that story because I... When I heard her story, I said, you know what? I have got to get her onto our podcast so you ladies can hear her story because, whew, well, anyway. So with her training in functional health and nutrition to help women to heal their gut and to be empowered when it comes to their hormones, she has also been featured in Health, Shape, Parade Magazine, and MSN, among many other outlets. She's the host of a popular podcast, hormonally speaking, where she works with clients all over the world and she offers self-guided as well as group programs for gut healing and hormonal health and presents on stages throughout the un United States. So my ladies, here we have with us the wonderful, the beautiful Christine. Yay. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for being here with us. You know, what I would love for you to start out with is giving us more of um, an understanding of what brought you into this realm, because I know that you have a very powerful story. So yeah. tell us. Yeah. Well, it, I have to go back even a little bit earlier than um, the sort of the big bang story that I'll get into because I always say that I really had my first um, health crisis at about age 20. I guess I was 21. Hmm. I had just graduated from college and I always say that my stomach just fell out. So hmm. basically it was like two days after I graduated from college, I think I lost maybe 10 pounds in two weeks or something like that. Right. And so this was my first foray into um, a health issue that I didn't really understand at all. And it took me a few years to piece together the three rounds of antibiotics that I took in college for strep throat with no discussion, of course, at that point in history about probiotics, beneficial bacteria, knew nothing about that. And it took me a while to realize the combination of that and then the stress of graduating from college and not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so I'm sure a lot of your listeners understand how impactful stress is on everything. And for many of us women, our guts in particular. So it was that kind of just combination thing that happened. And then that led me on the path of, well, I want to understand what's happening from a nutritional standpoint, right? That was the first food is medicine, right? That was the first place I started. And then I kept going down um, this path to where I ended up getting my master's in holistic health education. And um, I did separate nutrition certification and just kind of threw myself into all of that. And I really you know, came back and, and really did heal my gut and really, you know, 
had a better cycle than I'd had a horrible menstrual cycle since I was essentially 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So it took me years of unwinding and we know it's not just food. Obviously mm-hmm. it's you know, mental, emotional, spiritual, the whole shebang. You can't yeah. hit just one area. And so things were going pretty well in my thirties um, until it was, I was 39 And suddenly I started having much heavier periods, right? And I knew enough to know that, okay, I could be starting to go into perimenopause. That might be the reason, but the bleeding was so um, profuse that I was just becoming severely anemic. My, uh, my actual period was moving up like, okay, I got to go, you know, get things checked out. And I actually, for myself found what ended up being the fibroid because I tried to insert my diva cup one month and it did not go all the way in. Oh. And so I actually could feel the fibroid from internal. That's not always possible, but I could. And of course, you know, first thought is, Oh my God, cancer. Um, so I went through the process of going to the doctor, had to talk them into giving me an ultrasound, which is crazy to me. And we can certainly talk about that too, but um, I finally found out I had a six centimeter fibroid at that point. So that's about the size of an orange, right? And the placement of it was triggering that excess bleeding that I was having. And it also was pushing out uh, my backbone. So my lowest backbone, the coccyx bone. Yeah. So it was, it was funny. I was teaching dance at the time and it was a big joke with my dancers that I was growing a tail because I could feel it, you know, and I was just like, what's happening here? So lo lo and behold, it was a fibroid. And basically at that point, it was, you know, the option was to either go on estrogen suppressing medication like Lupron, which will pretty much put you into early menopause. And I wasn't interested in doing that or having surgery. These are kind of the Western medicine (laughs) approaches to pretty much any, I mean, birth control or estrogen suppressing drugs or surgery is pretty much the approach to any menstrual issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But in particular with fibroids, you know, it's like surgery is kind of the big thing to go into. So long story short, I ended up deciding on a myomectomy, which is when they go in and just remove the fibroid or fibroids themselves and leaves your uterus intact because crazy me. I wanted to keep my uterus, even though I didn't want any children. I know, I know. I mean, you know, Western medical model is like, if you don't want any kids or you're done having kids, what's the point of a uterus? And I'm like, well, (laughs) you know, so um, it's supposed to be a relatively simple surgery. It's done all of the time. I went and got it done at the premier laparoscopic gynecological surgery center in the Southeast. I don't ever mention the name of it, but just say that it's a highly regarded center. Mm -hmm. They did the surgery. They said everything went great. I went home the next day and then progressively got worse over the next two weeks. And I'd never had surgery before. Right. So I just thought, and this is what I always tell women, don't push through the pain. Right. We do that over and over again, right? We don't, for multiple reasons, I won't go into all of those, but we often push through instead of, you know, in the situation like that in particular, but in general, like you need to go get help and advocate for yourself, right? Because we certainly know in this system that advocacy for ourselves is hugely important um, in in our healthcare system. So long story short, I ended up in the ER and I had sepsis at that point. And they basically, after a day in the ER doing all these tests, they realized that I had just all of 
the stool and bacteria and gastric juices just dumping into my abdominal cavity. So they said, we have to go in and figure out where and why this is happening. So I went into emergency surgery that night. It cut me from breastbone to pubic bone and they opened me up and they said I was just full, just full of just gunk Mm -hmm. essentially. And it took them several hours to just use bags and bags of saline to clean me out. And then they finally could find where I was burned in three places in my intestines during that fibroid surgery unknowingly. And this of course is something that is not talked about a lot. Um, and yet happens, um, you know, I'd say getting nicked is a little bit more common than getting burned, but it's a heated tool that they use to remove the fibroid. Right. And so it can happen without them realizing it. And that's unfortunately what can happen for a lot of women with these surgeries is they don't know at the time of surgery that something went wrong and they end up in a similar place to where I was. And I was, my surgeons told my family that if it had been a day later, I would have been dead. They were actually surprised that I, I actually walked into the hospital and they said that they were shocked. I shouldn't have been able to walk into the hospital. And, and this is a, you know, a jumping on why it's good to take care of your body too, just generally, right. They said, if I hadn't have been as healthy and taking care of my body as much as I had, then I probably wouldn't have survived. I'm very lucky. I didn't go into septic shock. None of my organs, um, you know, stopped working, but they ended up having to take out half of my colon and about eight inches of small intestine. Yeah. The, the surgeon later told me that they were hoping to sew back together my colon, but that it was like trying to sew back together ground beef. So mm-hmm. it was, it was pretty bad. That was the other thing that really resonated with me from your story, because I had my colon mm-hmm. removed when I was a three-day-old baby, and I know that it sets you up oh my for, God. in my case, a lifetime of being very, very aware of gut health. So when, yes. you, told, when you talked about having that issue, I was like, yep, yeah, the first year of my life on this planet was with a colostomy bag. You know, and then when I was one year I can't old, even believe that. we were able to reconnect. But um, I am wow. just grateful that you are here with us yeah. and you're able yes. to tell us this story because it yeah. makes what you do so much more important because we want to help to get to women before they even have to consider something like that. So tell us a little bit about yeah. What kind of women are you working with? What are the issues that they're dealing with? And what are they experiencing when they come to work with you? Yeah. So I primarily at this point work with women in perimenopause Mm -hmm. because this is the time where a lot of these things start to happen for the first time for women, right? And when I say perimenopause, a lot of women think, oh, 48, 49, 50. No, 35. (laughs) 35 and above. Yes. Because- Technically, our progesterone starts to naturally decline after age 35. That's why if any of your listeners have tried to get pregnant after age 35, they will call it a geriatric pregnancy, right? Mm -hmm. And a huge part of that is because of those progesterone levels just naturally declining. And so what you have, you know, there's kind of a, I always say a three-stage process with perimenopause. You may not even notice any changes until you get into your 40s, you know, but your body is starting to deal with that lowered progesterone level. And in 
you know, estrogen and progesterone have a very important um, dynamic relationship together. And you basically want them to be in a good, you know, level with each other. And when that progesterone starts to go down, then that estrogen, even if it's not actually high in and of itself, it's going to be dominant over progesterone, right? And we also see very fluctuating estrogen levels at this point where they do go very high for a lot of women too. So that just sets up the sort of perfect, it's the perfect storm of allowing things that feed off of estrogen, like fibroids, cysts, fibrocystic breasts, polyps, all of these growths, I call it, they start to have a chance to really develop on a different level. And a lot of times women don't know, like I did not know until, you know, until it was sort of too large Um, I mean, I would do it. I would certainly do it different now if I had to go back, but it was already so large that was causing major, major problems. And that's often when women will figure out that Mm. they have it right. It's already sort of at this large level and it's just, it's much harder to work with them the bigger that they get. Mm -hmm. So we want to see it earlier, you know, fibroids in particular, but fibrocystic breasts and all those kinds of things, because you can really work with them from a natural standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest thing is making sure that your estrogen is metabolizing well. Our body has to break down estrogen, just like all of our hormones and everything that comes into our system, our liver breaks it down, right? And a lot of us aren't aware of that. Mm-hmm. And when that's not metabolizing or being broken down as as efficiently as possible, that is going to lead towards these kind of growths happening. And at least so a bunch of other issues like increased heavy bleeding, increased PMS symptoms, you know, shorter cycles, all of these things. And so this is what I really focus on in my practice is really setting women up to understand number one, what's going on in their bodies. And number two, there's so many things you can do with food and herbs and nutrients to support your body, to make the transition an easier process and maybe possibly even a beautiful process, you know, which unfortunately our culture is not set up for women experiencing in perimenopause or menopause. So now what is one common mistake that you find women are making? when dealing with this type of issue? Um, I think, uh, I don't want to say that women want to bury their head in the sand, <laughs> but there, I, I want to take the word perimenopause mm-hmm. and sort of reclaim it and redefine it because I think a lot of women feel like, oh, I'm not that old yet. You know, they, they feel like the word perimenopause means they're old. And, and I want women to get out of that mindset around it and really say, Hey, this is me heading towards this time of my life where I'm really creating and defining what the second half of my life is going to look like. And it's a perfect time to really take control Mm -hmm. and know what's happening in your body. Right. So I would just say to anybody that's listening that even in your early thirties, the change, the earlier you make some of these changes, the better the whole process is going to go. And I get it. I mean, I was obviously 30 and didn't necessarily think about perimenopause or menopause coming up, but you know, if I could go back, I obviously would. And things are hitting women younger and younger and younger these days too. So, you know, what you do for perimenopause will help you at other points in your cycling life too. So go ahead and jump on it. So that's, that's the biggest thing, you know, get, 
step around this idea that perimenopause makes you old. You're you're not old. You know, you're just coming into that midlife time and it's going to be amazing if you take care of yourself. So now in your journey, what is one either TED talk or book or video or coach or something mm -hmm. really influenced you and had an mm -hmm. impact on what you decided to transition into? Yeah, great question. So easy, easy answer. Nicole Jardim, who is who I ended up doing a hormone apprenticeship with hmm. post-surgery. So basically, you know, the surgeries happened. Mm -hmm. I ended up with a, a temporary ostomy bag. I had the reversal surgery. And then I was a dancer before that. And so that was... I couldn't dance. That was sort of the end of my dance career, right? Um, I mean, I couldn't even, my abs, it took me a year and a half to rebuild my abs, you know, from multiple surgeries. So I said, I sat back and I said, well, what got me into this in the first place? And that was, you know, having a fibroid and what causes fibroids, a hormonal imbalance. Mm -hmm. I want to learn as much as I can about um, hormones. And so I started with Nicole and I took her apprenticeship um, and that really, you know, um, I mean, for the first time I started to learn about a menstrual cycle, you know, I was th what 39 or 40 at that point. Wow. And it's crazy to me. Right. I mean, I knew the basics, but like, I didn't, you know, I think, and this is another thing I love teaching women about their cycle because, and when I say cycle, I always let women know, you know, it's not just the cycle is not just the five days of your period, three to five days of your period. It's the entire shebang. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredible symphony. Yes. That's happening consistently in our bodies without us even realizing it. And it's really cool actually when you, you know, break it down. And and so I loved learning about that. And then basically that opened me up to um wanting to learn more in functional testing, you know, functional gut testing. Obviously, I needed to heal my gut, you know, functional hormone testing, um, looking at serum labs from a functional perspective. And so that kind of just all took off. Um and of course I have many other mentors. Yeah. Yep, exactly. That's many mentors since then, but Nicole's the one I feel like that. Um, I, I love her, love her work. She's got a great book called fix your period. So everyone check her out. So what is one valuable free resource that you'd like to share with our ladies today? So if you go to my website, which is christinegarvin.com, there is a free masterclass on there and it's five ways to get your menstrual cycle to work for you essentially. And here's the thing about your menstrual cycle is that is foundations are key, right? And we, we like to skip over foundations a lot, right? We go to what supplement can I take? What, you know, what, whatever, what kind of biohack can I do? Uh -huh, exactly. and, the, and the reality is you can't, right? You need to get those foundations in mm -hmm. place. And honestly, that's going to take care of 80 to 90% of your issues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these are free things that you can do, right? And so I go into all of this in the masterclass and then you optimize, or if you're having some major, major issues, there, there's a lot that can sit in that 10%, but you have to get those foundations okay. truly in place for those other things to work properly. Right. And so again and again, I mean, I'll just say one thing, um, just, you know, for your listeners, getting your blood sugar mm -hmm. stabilized is yeah. so key. 
getting more protein. And we, you know, I just finished um, a round of my program, Perimenopause Like a Boss. And one of the women emailed me and she was like, oh, I started getting 25 grams of protein for breakfast and suddenly <laughs> have so much energy in my day. And I'm like, <laughs> look well, at that. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we're not taught that necessarily. <laughs> and so um, that's why I love, you know, sharing this masterclass because it's such a um, a good place to either teach you for the first time if you haven't heard these things or remind you if you have heard these things that you need to focus back in. Awesome. Yeah. So now, yeah. what is it that you would like to have as your ultimate message to our women? And what is something that I probably should have asked, but I didn't ask? Well, I'd say trust yourself and trust your body. Mm-hmm. I think uh, particularly if we're having pain, it can be really hard to trust your body and you can feel like your body's against you. Mm-hmm. But in reality, your body wants what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And it's signaling to you that you need to sink in, connect, and maybe go on a journey. You know, I'm not saying it's going to all happen in one day. You know, it's it's here to teach you some lessons, some of these processes, but trust, trust your body above all else. And, you know, any decision that you make, um, and, and listen to it and don't, don't push anything down. If you're feeling pain, go, go get help. Um, what's one thing that you could have asked? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you covered all the good stuff. So yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's anything that I would have added any differently. So well, I, like I said, I am so grateful for you to be able to share your story with us and tell us all of these valuable tips. And ladies, the link for the masterclass is going to be in the notes. So you don't have to worry about, oh my God, I can't remember what she said. You know, it'll be right there in the notes. (laughs) Click on it and sign up for her masterclass. I'm telling you, it'll be the phenomenal, phenomenal experience for you to learn those five things that you can do to set that foundation to help you to be more in harmony with your hormones. So Mm -hmm. once again, thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for tuning in for this episode of Mommy Heal Thyself. If you like what we're doing here, please share, subscribe, like us, and leave a comment. Your feedback is very much appreciated.